0: You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia.
1: Welcome to The Main Course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. Today we're going to talk about a topic that has been more prevalent over the past year, year and a half, is drive-throughs. And also, we're going to talk a little bit about company culture. With me today is Tony Darden, who's the president of Ya Burgers Fries and Shakes. Welcome, Tony.
0: Hi, Barbara. Thank you for having me. Oh,
1: no problem. First, tell me a little bit about your background and what attracted you to having a career in hospitality.
0: Sure. I, uh, you know, I've been in the restaurant industry for 25 years. Uh, and uh, I started, you know, a long, long time ago back in Southern California as a, uh, as a server uh, in, in restaurants. as kind of something to do while I was finishing up in school. And, uh, and, and I just, I fell in love with just a variety of interactions uh, that you could have there was never everything was different. I mean, it was different every day and uh, and the way that you got to interact with with your fellow employees as well as guests uh, was was just it was intoxicating to me. and so uh, i I've just I, I've been in the industry ever since. I'm addicted to it.
1: <laughs> so what excited you about joining Muya? I know that you had cited the brand's culture and also you know they have you know servant leadership, and how does that play into that decision?
0: Certainly. Uh, well, I've, I've been a fan of Muya since day one. I, you know, when the first restaurant opened in 2007, I obviously wasn't working there at the time, but uh, I've been a fan of the brand. I've been a consumer of the brand. Uh, my family knows, you know, knew the brand and loved the brand uh, as well before, before I started working for it. So, uh, so that, that obviously was, was one reason. And, and obviously when I, when I was asked to, to come aboard and, and lead the brand, I, I really felt that I could, I could add value uh, to the brand in terms of, of process and structure, uh, and, and innovation. Uh, and you know, as you think about the culture, you know, what, what drew me to it, you know, we, we use a term called ridiculous. And that really resonates with me because ridiculous for us means that, you know, we, we take our food quality very serious and we take the guest experience very serious, but you know, we also don't take ourselves too serious. So, you know, we like to, we like to have fun and, and, and we like to, to work in a relaxed environment. But at the, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we really push to elevate, uh, our, the food quality experience as well as the guest experience.
1: So tell me a little bit about the Muya menu. Maybe like what are some of your go to items?
0: Yeah. Well, we, we dedicate a large portion of our menu to, to build your own. Uh, and, and we think that that's differentiating in, in, in our space because we have a customizable menu, and you can, you know, get a burger the way that that you want to get the burger. Now, within that, we also have uh, we also have some of our guest favorites as pre-built options that we also put on the menu. And then, at the same point, we we have a lifestyle section which which offers healthier options. Obviously, you know, ice burgers, you know, burgers that use iceberg lettuce instead of buns. You know, we have paleo burgers, we have a keto burger. Uh, we have a, a vegan option. We have turkey. So we also have that lifestyle part of our menu that allows folks to come in when they're trying to eat a little bit healthier. Uh, and, and that way, you know, everybody in your party when you come into Muya gets something that they want.
1: So, who is the Muya customer, and kind of has that evolved, or is it continuing to evolve?
0: I, I think yeah, it's it's obviously continuing to evolve. The, the Muya customer as we look at it is uh, is is somebody that that truly wants to enjoy an elevated food quality experience uh, in a in a casual environment, and and so what we've done I mean we we obviously we really believe in our food quality, uh, but one of the things that we've done over the course of the last eighteen months is is roll out a new design and and prototype and and I mean what we wanted to do is was match that that high esteem food quality experience you get with a high esteem. Guest experience, and so some of the things that we did within that um, is is close off our kitchen, right? So we can eliminate some of the noise. We've added some technology in the back of the house, uh, you know, with with uh, kitchen display screens that you know allows our folks to seamlessly order uh, and and send orders back to the kitchen without without interrupting the guest experience. So you know, we 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 think that the consumer wants that. We believe that that we've done a lot of studies around that. Uh, and feel that matching the, the the in-store experience with with the food quality experiences uh, is is what our consumer wants in terms of just offering that that elevated experience. Now, as you think about it evolving, I think everybody's going through that a little bit right now with uh, with consumers. But you know, from from our perspective, uh, you know, our consumer continues to to want convenience, and I think that was that was highlighted through the through the through the pandemic. I think that was that was kind of necessary. For folks to make it through the pandemic. But even before the pandemic, we had we had rolled out delivery uh, throughout our entire system by the end of 2019. Uh, you know, we started to add where you can order and pay through through our app uh, and, and really felt that, you know, in, in today's society, convenience is certainly key. And I think that's continuing to prove itself out.
1: So if I were to walk in the door, what's the guest experience that you hope to achieve for me?
0: We have at, at Muya, we have things that we have uh things that we call wow moments and we've got we've got four wow moments and really these are key points within uh within the interaction uh between uh the guests and and our brand right and so certainly you know as as you walk in you're going to be greeted by by a smiling face uh and somebody that's truly happy uh that you're there and as you as you continue to move through the dining room uh you know you'll you'll be greeted by you know a uh, an, an experience or a setting in the dining room that, you know, has segmented segmented areas within the dining room to allow you, if you're, if you're eating with your family, you can come sit, you know, in these booth areas that, that will be a little bit quieter. If you want to enjoy a meal by yourself or with a group of people, we have community tables that that are there for you as well. Uh, and, and so as you move throughout that dining experience and sit down, your food will be delivered to you uh, through, uh, through another smiling uh, team member that, uh, and, and getting your food in a timely manner, and it's the food that you want. Uh, and then when you're done, you're gonna you're gonna exit the building, and, and obviously be greeted and, and again by a team member. Uh, and you'll leave a, a, a dining room that is clean uh, and bright and uh, enjoyable to be in. Uh, but essentially, we when we look at that, we we look at the entire customer journey. Uh, as as a focus for us, and we think those are the key points within that that we really gotta we really gotta make a great impression on our on our guests.
1: So who is your competition, and what sets you apart?
0: Certainly, all the players in the burger game. As you think about uh, you know the that fast casual better burger um, uh, segment, certainly all the folks that are in there. But you know, so we think about it on that level in terms of the product that we offer. And again, for us at Muya you know, we, we offer certified Angus beef. It's fresh. It's never frozen. We hand cut the fries in-house. Uh, you know, we real ice cream in our shakes and, and we bake the buns uh, in-house. So as we think about our competition within the burger segment, we think that that differentiates us from that. The other way that we look at competition is, is we look to our local trade area because certainly, you know, in any trade area that, that any restaurant is in, you're competing for share of stomach. Uh, within that area people are going to choose to go to whether that be uh you know mexican food or asian food or burgers uh, or italian food um you know you're all competing for that share of stomach within uh within your trade areas so you know as, as we think about that you know food quality the hospitality and then being able to offer frictionless access for our guests uh, within those trade areas will be differentiating for us. So we were looking at it on two levels: on a national level, and then very, very granularly at the at the trade area level.
1: So, where do you see the brand expanding?
0: Well, our core markets. We, we'd love. We're going to continue to deepen our penetration in our core markets of Texas, Florida, California, Massachusetts, and New York. Uh, you know, as as we move over the course of the next two to four years, new markets for us. As you look at medium term, new markets for expansion for us are Phoenix. Las Vegas and Columbus uh, are really the areas that that you'll see us open where we're not currently there.
1: And why were those ones selected?
0: Well, we love we, we love the, the population growth. We think We think both Phoenix and Las Vegas, uh, from a population growth, from an available labor pool standpoint, Obviously, the financials around wage and wage growth and what that looks like, uh, as well as our, distri- our own distribution network uh, and being able to service those, those communities. So th- that's really what we look for uh, in terms of new markets.
1: So how do you maintain quality as you expand? Quality control.
0: Sure. We, we, we have uh, our, our strategic visionary document that we call our plan to win. And, and what our plan to win does is, is break our brand into really four segments. There's brand, which is marketing. There's people, there's operations and there's development. And, and, and within, within each of those segments of our business, we have, we have core initiatives, uh, that each leader within those departments is, 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 is supremely focused on. And so that allows us, you know, and, and we, we devised this when I first came to the brand back in 2019. You know, we, we we laid out our, our five year vision, and that's where this plan to win came about. And 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 we aligned as a team and with our franchise community on the initiatives that that we all believed and and felt that that we're going to move our business forward. So so we stay focused on the, on those. As you think about that, uh, the initiatives don't change. We we raise the bar for ourselves every year in terms of delivering uh, on our deliverables that we lay out for you know for the year. Uh, but it, we, we stay focused on those initiatives and, and we, have, we have such a, a great community culture, you know, within, within our system that, you know, if, if someone's not working on something that that is, that is within those set of initiatives, you know, we all, we all agree to let each other know that, hey, that's not something we should be spending time on. So we stay really focused, narrow and deep on the initiatives that, that we set forth as a brand within our plan to win.
1: So you, you touched upon technology a little bit. But in what ways is technology integrated into the brand?
0: Certainly well from from an operations perspective, I mentioned our kitchen display screens that we that we've added, which was not something that that we have done. Uh, as well from an operations perspective, we are now rolling out self-ordering kiosks uh, in in our restaurants and, and again, another way for our guests to access us uh, and, and do it on a frictionless uh, basis. from a from a brand perspective, our digital strategy, uh, is, 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 is really the, the overarching theme from, uh, from our brand strategy perspective. And, and within that, we, we have an app, you know, an app that we feel is, is a, a, best in class app. Uh, and, and from our perspective, we are, we are funneling everything to that app. I and mean, our strategy is to funnel as you, you want to be anything that you would like to do with Muya, you can do through that app. So you can, you can access your loyalty. You can scan your loyalty. You can, uh, you can order through that app through, Multiple channels of delivery, whether that be uh, delivery or curbside or carry out or takeout or eat-in, uh, these are these are areas that you can order through our app. And then from that perspective, we're also using that technology to be able to market to our, our guests on a one-to-one basis uh, through uh, through our app. From a from a people perspective, you know, we're in the process now of testing an LMS system and really an end-to-end, um, you know, uh, sourcing and retention. Uh, tool for us, and 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 obviously that's a top mind within the industry now. It it is such a war on talent, and and such a a difficult task to attract and retain talent right now. So we're in the process of testing, you know, an LMS system that that helps our franchisees source, interview, hire, train, retain uh, their team members, and 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 making that all accessible from their own devices. Uh, because obviously, as, as, you know, we navigate through society today, it becomes more about what can you do with your device and, and what can you do when you're, when you're, you know, in a, in a mobile type environment. So it's really, it's, it's really worked its way through, uh, multiple facets within our brand.
1: So, you know, you're talking a lot about, you know, meeting the guest where they are. And, you know, one of the ways, one of the things guests have said that they want over the past year and a half has been drive-thrus. So now it's a new venture for the brand. But you were kind of able to jumpstart plans and can you talk to me about how that came about
0: yeah absolutely we so we partnered with a company called livet for our initial prototype uh design our new prototype design and layout they're they're based in madrid and uh, and they did a tremendous job in working with us hand in hand to create what our prototype looks like today and, and so fast forward to now, or fast forward to we're in the middle of a pandemic. We obviously are, you know, part of our plan to win for 2022 was to start work on a drive through Okay. Now we're in the midst of a pandemic. We rolled out curbside. Uh, we had already rolled out delivery, you know, before the pandemic hit. And, and it just became very clear to us uh, that, that drive through Obviously, we couldn't get it rolled out during the pandemic, but you know my belief is that you know once once we're fully through this and, and fully out of, of a pandemic mindset, that uh, you know that, that the restaurant consumers are gonna they're are it's not gonna go back to the way that it was before a pandemic. I think convenience is still gonna is gonna play a big role in in, in how uh, how people use brands, whether it be retail or or restaurant. And, and so drive through just made sense for us. So we, so we engaged, uh, you know, the team at Livet uh, and said, hey, we want to we pull this drive through thing forward uh, to 2021. So they helped us out with renderings, and, and, and that kind of gave us a story to tell. And, and obviously, we've been working behind the scenes in terms of, you know, labor deployment, uh, in terms of equipment deployment, and how those kitchen layouts. So we were already there from that perspective. Uh, and so we married the two, and, and, and obviously now we're in, you know, we're in go mode uh as it as it relates to drive-through and, and and believe that we're going to get there uh and have potentially 3 of them open by the end of of 2021
1: so what do you look for when you're you know looking for a site and has the pandemic changed that and and has the desire for more drive-throughs changed that
0: yeah absolutely uh, i mean as you as you look as as we look at locations we obviously for us an NCAP that has great visibility and great access that's that's one A for us, and and if you were to ask me pre-pandemic, I would tell you that 2,200 square feet uh, is is the sweet spot uh, for us from a square footage perspective. But you know what what the, what the pandemic has taught us is that you know off premises is, is extremely important, and so you know when you when you look at an end cap uh, now, you know if we have a drive through, we would love to do an end cap with a drive through, and at the same point. You know, what that does is, is you can then start to reduce some of the square footage within, uh, within your footprint uh, and, and be able to, to execute more off premise, a little bit less uh, eat in um, and, and, and kind of have that hybrid, hybrid uh, store model uh, based upon, you know, the needs of the consumer. So really, again, NCAP, high visibility for us, great access. Um, but, you know, the pandemic's taught us that, that we can do less square footage and, and we do need to be in the drive-thru business.
1: Now, you had mentioned before the store design refresh. So if you can kind of go over a little bit more about about what that entails.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, you know, some specifics just within, within the refresh, uh, you know, slight color and slight logo change. As I mentioned before, segmented dining rooms that allow, you know, a certain area where we have some booths where uh, you know if you'd like a quieter experience you can do that, uh, areas where we just have two tops where if you just come and eat with a friend you can do that and then we have um, you know the community tables that you know those high top community tables that if you wanted to eat with a larger group of people or if you wanted to eat by yourself but still be in the company of others, you could you could certainly do that. Now within that I, I mentioned kind of frictionless uh dining experiences so you know we've also incorporated into these remodels where we have separate uh to-go areas where uh, with a separate entrance and and shelves that are built into the restaurant where you can come in and pick up your food, or your delivery driver could come in and pick up the food and then deliver it to you. So they can come in and out of their own door, so you don't have to walk in the front door, navigate that line that's at the front by the front register, and then walk through the dining room. You can kind of walk in, grab grab the food, and then uh, uh, and then walk out. So and, and like I mentioned, we closed in the kitchen as well uh, to eliminate some of the noise uh, in the dining room because we felt that. The, you know, the food quality was extremely high, and we wanted to make sure that, you know, that, that, you know, while, while people had a very high self esteem when they, when they eat our, our food, we also wanted them to have a very high self esteem guest experience as well.
1: Yeah, in a way, as you were talking, I was thinking you can design your experience like you can design your burger, depending on where you choose to sit and all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Optionality is important, right? Whether it be the type of burger or or the the type of table that you sit at.
1: So tell me about the brand's pandemic experience, you know, what you had to put in place, you know, to make guests feel comfortable.
0: Absolutely. Well, the first thing I would tell you is that, you know, through the pandemic, we we really, we we took that as an opportunity to deepen our relationship with our franchisees and our franchise partners. Uh, You know, as you know, it was... Uh, you know, dining rooms closed. You go from you know from fully open to fully closed on you know over over a 24 hour period, and, uh, and you know so we we didn't you know we didn't lay anybody off, we didn't furlough anybody, we kept our corporate staff on because our job is to support our our franchise owners, and uh, and we really wanted to deepen that relationship. So you know we we guided them step by step through the PPP process. We had you know 90 97 percent of our system get into the PPP portal, and and 100 percent of those folks were funded. So again, we felt that was our duty as the franchisor to help guide them through that because we're just we're we're essentially a network of small businesses i mean we're fully franchised systems, so we're a network of small businesses so we you know we we helped them along with that from that perspective you know from a you know from a uh, uh you know revenue standpoint you know we we delivered items out of our pantry you know into communities where it was tough to get ground beef or potatoes or 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 bread, you know. We we paid for delivery fees for our franchise owners, you know, in the early parts of the of the pandemic to allow them to get uh, to get on their feet. We we know for we instituted a royalty deferral plan, again to help them stay afloat and to help them get on their feet. And as 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 we work through that now, from a guest perspective for us, uh, it really you know the 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 rallying cry for us is that you know what number one you we're a restaurant. And you have to, and we have to serve food in an environment that's safe for your consumers as well as your team members. And for us, you know, we started with a term we called "see safe." So our guests and our employees, when they came in to Muya, they needed to see safe. And by that, I mean they needed to see those social distancing uh, markers on uh, on on the floor. They needed to see that we were sanitizing and wiping our tails, tables, tables. Every, every, every 10 minutes. They needed to see that our employees were in masks and they were wearing gloves and they were washing hands. They needed to see that, that our dining room was was extremely clean and that our food and our kitchens were, were were extremely clean. So really for us, it was about seeing safe. You know, we also partner, we have a third party vendor that does food safety audits for us. And, and so we partnered with them throughout the pandemic and really created a, a COVID uh, kind of checklist and and, and upped the the amount of times that these folks would go into our restaurants. So and again, these are unannounced type uh, inspections. And so you know we upped that and, uh, and and instituted a checklist of things that that they could be looking for. So in addition to what we were doing to police ourselves, we also had a third party company that we used that that came in and and uh, and really pushed on those COVID protocols as well.
1: You also ramped up digital ordering and curbside. So how did you go about that?
0: You know, curbside, the digital, the digital piece, we were, we were fortunate in that we had fully rolled out delivery across our system literally by December of 2019. And so, you know, you, you move forward three or four months and we're in a pandemic. And so we were, we were fortunate to have that uh, fully fully implemented. Um, from, a, from a curbside perspective, again, this was something that was a 2021 initiative for us and so we're sitting here you know in march of of 2020 thinking about how we can increase access and allow our franchise owners to serve their communities and curbside was a logical option for us and you know i'll be the first one to tell you that it was it was a minimally viable product when we rolled it out it was not as frictionless as uh, as as it's about to be but you know what it allowed our our franchise owners to serve their communities and and drive revenue and then at the same point serve their communities and give food to folks that uh that uh, that needed it uh as well so we did we got it out in the span literally in the span of 10 days we went from no curbside to a curbside program uh our marketing team did an amazing job of, of sourcing signage our ops and training teams literally you know, working around the clock just to create systems and training procedures and things like that, so we can we could get this rolled out and have kind of an end to end solution for curbside. So I I, I was super proud of, of our team, uh, you know, when when we were able to do that.
1: So Let's talk a little bit about franchising. What makes the brand franchisable?
0: Well, two things from my perspective. One is our economic model, uh, our our four wall economics, and and obviously when you're dealing with folks that are. That are looking to to buy into uh, you know a franchise system. That is one of the top things that they're looking at is what are your average unit volumes and what does the economic model look like uh, within uh, you know within uh, the the four walls and 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 how does that how does that shake out uh, at the EBITDA line? So we believe our economic model is best in class. Okay, and then the other thing that I would tell you is it's the differentiating support that we offer. It's the fully transparent access that all of our franchise owners have to our leadership team and our Moo Crew uh, support center but i mentioned it through the pandemic and how we supported those folks that is that wasn't anything new that was just us doubling down on what we felt we we were very good at so uh, you know from a support that we offer uh, you know after you know post discovery day with a new franchise owner in terms of real estate selection and site selection and lease negotiation And then through the construction process and then the training that we send out for uh, for opening restaurants and then post open, you know, having a franchise operation manager go in there and complete a business review every quarter with our franchise partners and the general managers uh, to understand where the business is and how they can better perform and and levers that they can pull within within their four walls to make sure that, you know, that they are they are maximizing, you know, top line revenue, but at the same point, maximizing uh, the profitability. Uh, of that of that revenue.
1: So, what do you look for in a franchisee partner?
0: I look for there's there's really two two things that that a franchise partner we has got to have. One is they have to have the hospitality gene. They have to love to serve people. That is inherent. I believe in anyone who's successful in the restaurant industry is inherent that that's everyone that's successful has to have. The other thing is they have to have a strong business acumen so you know in a sense they they've got to understand how to make decisions that are not short term but decisions for the long term health of their organization and ultimately uh, our organization uh, as uh, as muya but really those are those are those are the two main things we look for you know you don't necessarily have to have restaurant experience you know to to be involved, but you got to love to help people and serve people, uh, and 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 we want you to have a strong business acumen.
1: So what you know, what do you would you say are some of the key challenges that you face as a brand right now?
0: You know, I'll, the key challenges for us is you know in an environment with where we at. As I mentioned, we're a network of small businesses, and we in our plan is to. You know, by, by 2024, we plan to more than double the size of, of, our, of our U.S. footprint uh, in terms of restaurants. And so, you know, the challenge for us is thinking, how do we get there and, and ensuring that we partner with the right partners to help grow this brand? Because we will, we will not get to a point of, of penetration across the United States without, without partnering with, with the right folks. So I think that that is always something that is that is the utmost for us. I I think the other thing that's more short term and I think what we're facing now um, within, you know, within Muya and this is this is within within the broader industry is is uh, human capital. It's just right now it's extremely tough uh, for our franchise partners to. Uh, to source and retain team members, and again, I mentioned we were we were we were pushing towards technology to try to help them with that. But as you look across the industry, and it's not just restaurants; you just look across society, it is it is tough to find great talent, uh, and, and the ones that can do that, and the ones that can pivot very quickly and engage those folks are, are the ones that are going to be successful. So we're continuing to push, you know, on our end to be able to have tools and within our toolbox to help our franchise
1: partners. So, what's your outlook for twenty twenty one and beyond? For both the brand and the restaurant business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, 2021 for us, we're going to open 15 restaurants, and uh, and right now, you know, as a brand, we're we're experiencing unprecedented AUVs for us. Uh, you know, we've we've never seen the AUVs average unit volumes that we're experiencing right now. So, you know, as 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 you look through the balance of 21, we're going to continue to maximize on that. We're going to continue to leverage our plan to win, and and really drive that we have. Uh, within the brand, people, operations, and development segments uh, of our of our company, and like I said, by by 2024, you know we're going to be we're going to be 150 U.S. restaurants, and and for us, that's a uh, that that's a great goal to have. And part of and part of how we get there is 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 kind of the answer to your next question. When you look at the broader industry, um, you know this is this is how we're shaping our strategy. I and mean, when you look at the industry. Um, i I fundamentally believe that it, we will not go back to the way that it was before the pandemic and so as that as you think about that shaping strategy is is how how are we and, and what are we doing strategically to drive uh, a, a model of convenience uh, within within our system and I think that's the industry in general i think I really believe that, convenience is going to continue to be a a driving factor in the decision-making process as it relates to, you know, eating food out of the house. Uh, It it just, it's, I I believe that the convenience that consumers felt within, uh, within the restaurant and certainly the retail industry to an extent that they felt during the pandemic, that's going to continue. It's not going to continue at the level at which it was, but I certainly think it's going to settle at a level that is higher uh, and, and by that, I mean your off-premise business is gonna settle at a level that's higher than it was going into the pandemic. And, and obviously, you know, at Mouya, we use, we, we're using that to help shape our strategy. But at the same point, when you look at the industry, it's, it's, it's the concepts and the restaurants that can, uh, that can adapt and shift uh, and, and modify their model to fit that, to fit the consumer's needs that are gonna be the ones that are successful.
1: Thank you so much. It's perfect.